Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 294 of Lean Blog Audio. I'm sorry it's been a while, but this is a post from January 29th, 2020. Uh, a very belated Happy New Year. It's too late to be saying that. But uh, this post is titled, When Should We Lower a Target? And When Should We Try Harder to Figure Out How to Reach It? So today I'm sharing a question from a reader who started their career at Toyota and now works at another company. The reader has given me permission to share this, um, to get your input if you want to leave a comment on the blog post, as some people already have. And uh, I believe there are no identifying details included. So here is what was sent to me. I came across something interesting at work around goals that I wanted to share with you and perhaps get your thoughts. At the beginning of our fiscal year, our manufacturing sites submitted their cost savings targets to me. I looked them over to make sure they both seem reasonable yet challenging and asked questions as needed. From there, I submitted them to the operations VP for final approval. The VP accepted them without question. We're at the end of the first quarter and three of the nine sites are not meeting their run rate target. I'm not surprised, it's early in the year and I expect sites will go red from time to time. Red doesn't bother me, it's just a trigger for action. But the process improvement manager from one of the sites emailed me requesting that their annual savings target be reduced. His reasoning was that the savings quote unquote forecast had changed, but from what I can tell, this forecast is a linear extrapolation of the current savings that are not meeting the run rate target. That's not technically a forecast. This is very strange to me, and I'm not sure how to respond. At Toyota, no one ever asked a target to be reduced because they thought they couldn't hit it. The pervasive mindset at Toyota was that it was better to be red because the bar was set too high than green because that meant it was set too low. This is ingrained in me and I'm battling between what I learned at Toyota versus conditions of my current organization, where not meeting target is viewed much more negatively. I told the PI manager that he needed to get approval to reduce the goal from the GM and operations VP, not me. I also told him I did not believe the response to not meeting a run rate target was to reduce the target, but rather to view as a challenge and a problem to be solved. I expect I will get some sort of response about how you know, business conditions have changed, etc. But I still believe, even if that was the case, it would send the wrong message to reduce the annual target. They should aim to hit the original goal in spite of those changing conditions. I'm curious um, if you've seen this before and if my approach might be too harsh for an organization less mature than Toyota. So we'll be right back with my reply and some other comments um, on the blog post and comments from LinkedIn. We'll be right back. So my initial reply was this. I agree that it's unfortunate that they'd lower the target instead of working harder to figure out how to achieve it. Are you working in an environment where people get punished for not hitting targets? That would make people very risk averse. I'm not sure what to suggest. You know, from your position, you might not be able to change the culture that's driving people to lower the bar. Now, their reply back was that it probably wasn't a matter of fearing punishment, but more just a matter that the culture is one where people like to hit targets or they hate to miss them. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts? Is it ever appropriate to revise a goal or target downward, or should we always be striving to coach people up? Is it the case here that we can't hit the goal or that we haven't figured out how yet? So if you want to comment, you can go to the blog post at leanblog.org audio 
294. There are a couple of comments there already. Steve Feltovich, he wrote, uh, Mark, if the focus is on a goal, then we move everyone's focus away from what is most important, which is improving the processes and systems that will ultimately achieve the present goal and push the organization beyond. That's exactly why Dr. Deming's principles discourage goals and quotas being placed on the workers. It's an unnecessary distraction from what's most important. Continuous improvement so the system produces a higher quality product or service at a lower cost by reducing variation. Goals and quotas hold the workers hostage. This is a traditional management method and it's destroying many businesses. Mike Owen says, this could be an excellent opportunity to coach both downward and upward to change the mentality of missing a target from deserving of punishment to an opportunity to learn both for the plant team and the leadership team. Eduardo writes, uh, posts a comment um, related to a healthcare setting. I'm having a similar issue due to the fact that some of these targets I envision on using are tied to compensation bonuses for providers. My impulse to make challenging goals is being put against some physician satisfaction. It's become harder to motivate people to deal with and learn from the red of a challenging target when it has such a specific extrinsic motivator tied to it. I'm hoping to learn more about this compensation process to see what's my wiggle room. And I, and I think Eduardo's comment ties back to what Steve Feltovich said invoking Dr. Deming. Um, you know, I think you know, setting um, a target related to compensation, um, you know, the, the doctors are going to be dissatisfied if they don't get their bonus. So like, why, why make that a bonus? Why, why not just make that part of their, their base compensation? Um, so, you know, situations like that are certainly, um, you know, tough to figure out. But let's take a look at um, some of the comments over um, on LinkedIn. This triggered 18 comments. I'm not going to read them all, but I've linked to it uh, as a comment to the blog post, again, which is at leanblog.org. Boy, you think I would know my website address. It's leanblog.org slash audio um, 294. I'm not going to edit that out because, gosh, uh, we all know nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. But here are some other comments. Brian Hirschfeld, or Hirschfeld, so you have blown it again. Uh, what immediately came to mind was my recent, your recent podcast with Amy Edmondson, and that was uh, part of my uh, Lean Blog Interviews uh, podcast series. Um, you, you can find that by searching Lean Blog Interviews uh, in, in your favorite podcast directory. I hope you listen um, to that if, uh, if you're not already subscribed to that one. Um, so that's the most recent episode. Um, I'm blanking on the number. It was episode 356 from January 22nd. Um, so Brian was talking about that podcast and he continues, have we first created a climate where lofty challenges are the norm, but also where candid conversations take place without that, I would expect to see some gaming of the system or hiding of problems. And, and I agree with that. Ryan McCormick, uh, wrote, I often encounter a fear of setting targets that can't already be achieved, thereby ensuring comfort with the status quo. The fear of judgment, comparison, and perceived failure is much stronger than the desire to improve. To shift the balance, the fear must be reduced or eliminated rather than expecting to increase the desire to improve. So I replied, uh, again, invoking Dr. Deming, as he said, you can't motivate people. You can only hope to stop demotivating them through various management tactics that are widespread, what he called the prevailing system of management. 
Avi Fishman, who works in healthcare, wrote, I often have discussions with my team about the targets that we set and if they're somewhat unrealistic. Knowing where we are at and where others are at and where we want to be, along with our capabilities, enable us to establish targets. At the end of the day, I'm pleased to see any improvements. Small improvements lead to bigger improvements and in turn, continuous improvements. So I replied there that you know executives like uh, Paul O'Neill, who is uh, of course CEO of Alcoa and Dr. Richard Shannon set goals. They set goals like zero harm or 50% reduction this year. Now, if a goal is just a demand or a slogan, that would be demoralizing, especially if there's punishment threatened for not hitting the goal. But it seems that great leaders like O'Neill and Shannon realize they need to help people fix the system. And they would probably celebrate a 48% reduction in patient harm compared to that goal of 50% instead of firing people for not hitting the goal. Then we have another uh, Toyota alum, um, Tracy Richardson, who commented, um, you know, sometimes when we change or move the targets or goals, we can be masking a badly designed process that can't be successful without looking deeper into those. So I suppose sometimes it's not the target. So I think she's right um, to point back to uh, the process. Um, final comment, uh, my friend Chris Chapman uh, posted uh, again, kind of from a Deming lens. This raises the question of whether we're convinced that savings in the system are additive. In other words, is a target applied equally to all plants? Is that of equal impact? And therefore, uh, it's a matter of, uh, quote unquote, good management to achieve this. He says the Deming in me says this isn't the case because it stands to reason that, that the plants aren't identical. I'd be more preoccupied with improving quality to bring costs down as a byproduct rather than an objective. So um, as, as often happens, a lot of great discussion um, has been uh, prompted on LinkedIn. So I invite you to find me there. You can connect or follow me um, to see these posts. Or again, you can go to leanblog.org audio 294. Thanks for listening.